0: What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. Brand new setup. Got kicked out of where I used to record from, so this episode sounds a little bit different. That's why. Thanks for listening anyway. I really appreciate it. It's a loaded show today. It's a lot of football, a lot of NFL. Wasn't able to do a show on Friday because the studio I used to be in got moved. So things have been crazy. So I'm going to hit a little bit on Thursday Night Football, and then we'll get to everything that happened on Sunday. And then, of course, we will close out with my current college football top 12. I Hope you enjoy the show. Here we go. Let's start with Thursday night football. Everyone knows that football is a physical game on every single level. Okay? And because of how physical the game of football is, especially in the NFL, and despite everything the NFL has done to protect players over the years, there is one more thing that the NFL needs to do to protect its product, and that is eliminate. Thursday night football, this should not be a thing anymore. Most of the games aren't good. Even if we have a matchup between two good teams, the games are sloppy because they only have three days to prep, and guys are getting hurt. They need to stop making these elite athletes play a game four days after they just played one. That is simply not enough time to recover. And as I said just a few seconds ago, three days isn't enough time for these guys' bodies To recover, And it's not enough time for coaches to put together a proper game plan. It's a major, major issue. Like, let's look back at Thursday night. Lamar Jackson hurt his ankle. Joe Burrow out for the season because of the wrist injury. Mark Andrews out for the rest of the year with the ankle injury. And then we talk about the sloppiness of the game. 18 penalties. There were 18 penalties in the game on Thursday night. That's insane. Eight total sacks. And I went back... And just, I wanted to see, was this an outlier? Is this the only game where there were 18 penalties on Thursday Night Football? No. The average number of penalties per game for Thursday Night Football games has been just over 11. 11 penalties a game. That's not a good product. It's not a good product, but because it's the NFL. They know that we're gonna watch because it's football, and we love football, and the NFL loves owning multiple nights of the week as they currently do. They own Monday night, they own Sunday night, and they own Thursday night, and on Black Friday they're gonna own Friday because there are Black Friday games on Amazon Prime. But at what expense? Like at what cost? Like I'll be honest, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not i not i am not going to watch the Bengals for the rest of the year because Joe Burrow is not playing. That hurts the NFL. They need to do something. To eliminate these Thursday night football games, play them on Saturday nights, go head-to-head with college football, play them on, you know, Tuesday nights, have Monday night football followed by Tuesday night football, have that all happen in the same week, maybe do, shoot, even, even if they did Fridays, I think that would be fine as well, right? Even though there's concerns with families going out to watch Friday night football, you know, at the high school level, so maybe not then, but Saturday nights, that is what I would move it to. That is where I would move it. Now, let's move on to what happened on Sunday. And I, I want to focus on the AFC. And who's going to who's gonna win these wild card spots? Okay, I think that at this point in the season, it's pretty safe to say that the Chiefs, Ravens, Dolphins, and Jags are probably going to be the 1, 2, 3, and 4 seeds. That's how it sits right now. The Wilds card spots, though, those are very, very much up for grabs. The Browns have improved to 7-3 on the season. That means they're probably going to grab the 5 seed. Okay, they have... A decently easy schedule, right? They got the Broncos. That's a game that they should probably win. The Rams, that's a game that they should. That's There's another game they should probably win. The Jags, that'll be a tough game. The Bears, they should win that one, even though the Bears looks pretty good on Sunday. I don't want, I don't want to say it too loud now, but uh, my boy Justin Fields, yeah, he, he looked pretty good there. They got to go to the Texans. That's a winnable game. It'll be tough. The Jets, they should win that one. And then, of course, they finish up at the Bengals. No Joe Burrow. That should also be a win. The other teams competing for the last two spots are the six and four Texans, the Six and Four Steelers, followed by the Six and Five Bills, the Five and Five Broncos, and the Five and Five Colts. Now I want to work through each of these teams' schedules and give you a best case scenario. Like this is the best record that they finish with. Or worst case scenario, this is the worst record that they finish with. Let's start with the Texans. So they have Jags, Broncos, Jets, Titans, Browns, Titans again and then the Colts. I think best case scenario they go 5 and 2 down the stretch. Okay, maybe they drop one to Jacksonville and the Browns, maybe they drop one to the Colts cuz they're on the road there. I think best case scenario they go 5 and 2. Worst case scenario they go 3 and 4 and they finish at 9 and 8. That would be, you know, they lose to the Jags, they beat the Broncos, they beat the Jets, they lose to the Titans, they lose to the Browns. They they beat the Titans in their second game. They beat them at home, and then they lose to the Colts. That is very possible. So the Texans they're going to finish somewhere between nine and eight and eleven and six, you know, probably around like ten and seven. The Steelers have an absolute cakewalk of a schedule. Okay, they could finish at thirteen and four. This Texans or this this uh, Steelers team isn't that great. They play at the Bengals. There's no Joe Burrow. They're probably going to win that game. They have the Cardinals, who even with Kyler Murray aren't that good, right? So they're probably going to win that game. They got to play the Patriots. We know how bad they are. That's a win. They have to play at the Colts. That's a very winnable game. They got to play the Bengals again. And as we know, no Joe Burrow. That's another win. They have to play at Seattle, who has blown more double-digit leads this year than anybody else. And what do the Steelers do? They come back from behind, and they figure out a way to win, right? So that's a very winnable game. And then they close out the year at the Ravens, who could have locked up the division and potentially the number one seed by that point. And if that has happened, then the Ravens are gonna rest their starters. And we could look up at a thirteen and four Pittsburgh Steelers football team. Which would be absurd because I I don't believe the stat has changed. They've gotten out gained in every single game that they've played. They just lost to the Browns without Deshaun Watson. Thirteen to ten. And they could finish at thirteen and four. Now at some point, their luck does have to run out. They could very much also finish at nine and eight. Okay, they could split with the Bengals. All right, that puts them at one and one. Um, they could lose to the Cardinals because they do have Kyler Murray back, and you know they were a tough out for the, for the Texans on Sunday. Maybe they do lose that game. Okay, there's no way that they lose to the Pats. I'd be absolutely shocked if they lost to the Patriots. Um, they they could lose to the Colts. Right, they're five and five. They're they're in the hunt. Right, they could definitely lose to Seattle. That's on the road in in Washington. They could definitely lose that game, and if the Ravens don't have the one seed locked up or the division locked up, then they could definitely lose that game as well. So they could finish anywhere from thirteen and four to nine and eight. Next, we've got the Bills. The Bills, I think, are the hardest team to predict here. They are six and five. They play eleven games. I believe that their bye week is this week. And man, the rest of their schedule was. Is- absolutely gruesome this is dare I say the toughest schedule left in the NFL they have to go to Philadelphia to play the Eagles the week after that they have to go to Kansas City to play the Chiefs and then they get the Cowboys and then they go to Los Angeles to play the Chargers and then they play the Pats, that's a win and then they have to go to Miami to play the Dolphins I mean that is as tough as it gets but they're really good. They're really talented. They showed us that on Sunday. Big bounce back win over the Jets. Uh, I think last time I checked the score in that game, it was 32 to 6, and I turned it off, and I was like, all right, I believe that ended up being the final as well. So they have these great games, but they also have awful games, like the one that we saw when they lost to the Broncos on, I believe that was Monday Night Football. I mean, they're just, they're really up and down, and they're so hard to predict. So at worst, they go 8 and 9. They lose to the Chiefs, they lose to the Eagles, they lose to the Cowboys. They lose to Miami. Uh, maybe they lose to the Chargers. Having to go across country is always tough. Um, but I find that highly unlikely. They, they do probably beat the Chargers. So I think at worst, they finish 8-9. That's a real possibility for the Buffalo Bills, who had Super Bowl aspirations to start the season. At best, though, they could go 10-7. Okay, I don't really see a world where they beat the Chiefs or the Eagles. right? So that would put them at 6-7 um, and seven on the season, and then they win their last four. They beat the Cowboys. They beat the Chargers. They beat the Pats. They have beaten the Dolphins the last four times they've played. You know they just kind of have their number right now. You know they go to Miami and they win. Right? That's very possible. Then they finish at ten and seven, which gives them a legit chance to make the playoffs because I think ten wins is what's going to do it. Now our last two teams here who have at least a glimmer of hope to make the playoffs. We got the Broncos, who also have a pretty soft schedule. And we just wait till we get. The, we just wait till we get to the Colts. Just wait. So the Broncos, they gotta play the Browns, the Texans, the Chargers, the Lions, the Patriots, the Chargers, and the Raiders. Jeez, the Patriots is on. Every single one of these teams schedule. It's wild. So look, let's be honest here. I think at best, the Broncos finished at ten and seven, and at worst they finished eight and nine, which is way better than what I think anybody thought they were going to finish at after that Miami Dolphins loss. So Browns, probably not going to win that one. At the Texans, probably not going to win that one. At the Chargers, that is very winnable. At the Lions, probably not going to win that one. Then the Patriots, that should be a win. The Chargers at home, that's another very winnable game. And then at the Raiders, that is also a very winnable game. This Broncos team could sneak into the playoffs as the seven seed. If they win the games that they're supposed to, if they can win a couple games that they aren't, then they should definitely be able to sneak in. Like if they can beat the Browns, who, as I said, don't have Deshaun Watson. So, even though I think the Browns are going to win that game next week, if the Broncos won it, I wouldn't be surprised. It's at mile high. It's tough. So, the Broncos, they they have a decent chance. And then the Colts. Uh, they're... Oh, my gosh. Their schedule. I just... I... Oh, wow. Everybody wants the schedule. They get the Buccaneers. They go to Nashville to take on the Titans. They go to Cincinnati to take on the Joe Burrow-less Bengals. They get the Steelers at home. They go to the Falcons. They get the Raiders at home. And then they close up the year with the Texans at home. They could go undefeated the rest of the way, and I wouldn't be surprised. Not in the slightest. Okay, the Buccaneers, not very good. Okay, there's a little bit of glimmer of hope there for the Baker Mayfield-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Hasn't really panned out. It looks like it's going to be the Saints or the Falcons come out of that division. The Colts could very most definitely beat the Buccaneers at home. The Titans look like they've given up on the year. The Bengals, as I've said multiple times now, no Joe Burrow. Colts can definitely win that game. They get the Steelers, who, I don't know, if you can just keep the Steelers from doing what the Steelers do, which I don't even know what they do, they can definitely win that game. At the Falcons, it's Desmond Ritter. Let's be honest here. Come on now. And then they get the Raiders, who are currently still playing Aiden O'Connell, rookie quarterback, didn't look great against Miami. They can win that game, and they already beat the Texans once this year. They could legitimately win out and go 12-5 and and win that division. They could go 7-0 and down the stretch. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're asking a lot from a team that is lacking a little bit. Um, Gardner Minshew... Can be up and down. The defense doesn't have a ton of depth, especially on the back end. So if they did that, I would be shocked, as would the rest of the football world. At worst, this is a team that finishes at seven and ten. They only win two of their final seven, and those two games would be you know, I mean, you know, the Titans and probably the Bengals, because they could lose to the Buccaneers, they could lose to the Falcons, they could lose to the Texans. The Raiders are playing pretty inspired football right now, so they could also finish at seven and ten. But either way. With that big gap, they could finish at ten and seven. Like, is ten wins going to be the long, or do you have to get to eleven? You have to get to eleven to grab that six and seven seed. Because as I've already said, I, I think the Browns at seven and three are going to grab that five seed. But everyone else is fighting for it. I think it's going to be the Steelers who end up grabbing one of those last two seeds, them and the Texans. Um, Bills schedule just simply way too difficult. I think for them to get to 10 wins, um, the Steelers, absolute cakewalk. I'd be really surprised if they didn't get to 10 wins. They, they only got to win four more, right? So they got to be the Bengals twice, that's two wins, the Cardinals, and the Patriots. I mean, that's four wins right there. So I'd be really surprised if the Steelers did not make it. Uh, the Texans, as I've already said, like you know the Broncos, that's a very winnable game. The Jets, that's a game that they should win. At the Titans, that's a game that they should win. And then at home against the Titans, that's another game that they should win. Like, that's four relatively easy wins. And if you lose one of those, they can definitely come up to Indy and grab a win. So I think it's gonna be the Texans and the Steelers grabbing those last two spots. While the Broncos, Colts, and Bills are all just a tad bit below. Maybe they all finish at like nine and eight, somewhere around there. So we're gonna take a short break. Before we do that, let me reiterate one more thing. So my official AFC playoff prediction. Dolphins, Ravens, Chiefs, Jags, Browns, Steelers, and Texans. Those are the seven teams from the AFC. Probably going to do something similar on Wednesday. We'll see uh, if, if I do the NFC or not. I may wait till next week because Wednesday's pod is going to be a little weird. We'll get into that at the end. We're going to take a short break and we come back. I'm going to give you my college football top 12 teams after week 10. Week 11, week 12, whatever week it was. It's, it's that point in the season where I don't, I don't know what week it is anymore. So when we come back, I'm going to give you my updated college football top 12 teams. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt's Going to give you my top 12 college football teams, and then I'm going to get up on out of here. The line of, deserve, of deserving teams has moved. Before we get into all this, as always, we're going to start with number 12. Oregon State loses a tough game at home to Washington. They lose by two crappy weather great football game if you didn't stay up and watch it fantastic game so glad I watched the entire thing um Oregon State that's a good football team coach Jonathan Smith not the host Jonathan Smith coach Jonathan Smith at Oregon State has done an outstanding job they are physical they can run the football DJ Uyungle has you know been better I guess at Oregon State than he was at Clemson fits in pretty well there. fast speedy receivers Oregon State that's a good football team they're gonna come in at number twelve. I don't want to penalize them too too much for losing to a good Washington team. Number eleven, Ole Miss. I think I just think that one of the best. They're one of the twelve best teams in the country. I think that they can score against literally anybody not named Georgia or Alabama. I mean, this is one of the best offenses. It's Kiffin. Jackson Dart has had another good year under Kiffin. Hard to ignore the Rebels. I've got them at eleven. Number ten, Louisville, coming off of a scare against Miami. They win 38-31. Big play. Two Miami defenders crash into each other. Leaves a wide-open guy down the sideline. He takes off. Louisville wins that game. 38-31. They now have a legitimate chance to make the college football playoff. They've got one loss to Pitts. That is a major, major loss on their resume. Just because now if they go on to play Florida State, who I have coming up here in my rankings here pretty shortly, and they beat them. They're going to do it without Jordan Travis, who was carted off the field against North Florida. I believe that, that was who they played. Uh, Legging like a big air cast. It did, didn't look good. Haven't heard anything about his status. Um, but that win, if they beat Florida State, because they still have to do it, they still have to make it to the ACC title game, and they still have to you know not lose another game. They still got to play Kentucky, who's going to be tough. Um, now, even if they beat Florida State, I don't know if they make the playoff. Or not. Number 9, Missouri. Really good team. Nothing else to really say. Played, played Georgia tough. Um, have a couple big wins. Their only other loss coming to coming to LSU. The best two-loss team in the country is the Missouri Tigers. Uh, probably going to finish 10-2. and two. They wrap up their season on Friday against Arkansas. And that is not going to be pretty. So, number 9, Missouri. I put Florida State at 8. Without Jordan Travis, I just don't know how they beat any of the teams that I have in front of them. Um. yeah and that's really all that there is to it they just they aren't a top four team without Jordan Travis under center and look some people aren't going to like it they're still undefeated, they still won all those games I get it, but they are not the same team without Jordan Travis and the whole point of the playoff is to identify the four best teams and that's what we're doing here, here at Shooting the Schmidt we're telling you who the four best teams are and without Jordan Travis, Florida State not one of the four best teams now right below Florida State is where we have the line drawn the line of deserving teams has moved Florida State, you are no longer below the line because you do not have the quarterback or the defense. Because that's the thing, right? Like we're seeing teams like Ohio State win games and stay, you know, above the line of serving teams because that defense is so good. And that's the thing with Florida State; their defense is not to that level. Where with a backup quarterback, they can go and beat a whole bunch of teams. It's not happening. That just isn't who they are. Um, this is a highly offensive-based team, a team that's gonna that's gonna look to score a lot of points. And I just don't think they're going to score enough points without Jordan Travis back there under center. So, Florida State, followed by the Lions, deserving teams. Number seven, I have Alabama. Really good football team. I'm just, I wouldn't want to see them. This is one of the last teams I would want to see. They're, they're going to you know take on Georgia in the ACC championship game now that Georgia has officially clinched. Look, I'm going to take Georgia more than likely, but It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC title game and then had a real case to make the college football playoff. Number six, Texas. They're coming. I mean, this is still a good football team. They keep finding ways to win games, even without Quinn Ewers, who should hopefully be back soon. Hard to deny how good they are. The one loss to OU, not a bad loss. Number five, Ohio State. I still don't know how good they are because I don't think Penn State's that good. Obviously, I have him out outside the top 12. would probably have him outside the top 15 if we ranked him down that far. So, we'll see. Not sold on Ohio State. Still want to see Kyle McCord in Ann Arbor take on that Michigan team who barely beat. Who did Michigan barely beat? Um, Oh, geez. I remember I, was, I watched this game. Maryland. They, they barely beat Maryland. There we go. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to see Ohio State play them. And then I'll feel comfortable putting them in the top four if if they can beat Michigan. Number four, Oregon. They are so good; they have to be in the top four. They're, I mean, I just I don't know what else to say. This is the best one-loss team in the country. Bo Nicks looks incredible. That defense is fast and physical. Okay, if they play Washington, any any other place than at Washington, Oregon wins that football game. And I'm sold on it. They lost by three in a really tough environment. So I'm not going to beat them up for it. I think they're one of the four best teams. Because they have one loss, though, I'll, I'll put them at four. Oregon, number three, Washington. Very impressive win over Oregon State. one in a different way, which was really nice to see. Um, you know, can they win games when the weather's ugly? Can they win games Michael Penix Jr. doesn't throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns? They can. like They beat a good Oregon State team without Penix and those receivers going crazy. So that's a really good sign if you're a Washington fan because, you know, when they play Georgia and Michigan, they're going to work really hard to take away those top-level receivers. Um, Number three, just said Washington, my bad. Number two, I've got Michigan. Um, Not moving them, man. I think them and number one is going to be Georgia. I think these are the two best teams in the country. I want to see them play in the national championship game and nowhere else. Um, Not moving them. Because when Jim Harbaugh's there, and he will be back soon, they're one of the best teams in the country. They, I mean, it's hard to deny that. Uh, they, they're set to play Ohio State, so we're going to find out how good they are next week without Coach Harbaugh on the sideline. And then, of course, at one, Georgia. I think they play Georgia Tech. That's their rival. That should be a win. And we'll get to see them play Alabama here in a couple weeks. So that's my top 12 one more time. Starting at one, it is Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Oregon, five Ohio State, six Texas, seven Alabama, The line of deserving teams right above them. 8, Florida State. 9, Missouri. 10, Louisville. 11, Ole Miss. And then coming in at number 12, Oregon State. That is going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to the podcast. I am not sure what the schedule is going to look like. I'm pretty sure I'm doing a podcast on Wednesday. I don't know about Thursday or Friday yet. Obviously Thanksgiving, Black Friday, family, all those fun, crazy things. We'll see how that ends up shaking out, but... There will be a podcast on Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Wimby Wednesday may or may not be happening. We'll see with the holidays coming up. It may impact what I want to do in that regard. But Wimby Wednesday will still be a written thing on my Substack, which you can check out in the description below. Once again, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you again on Wednesday.